And good morning, and we are on Free Speech, and that song is so apropos. I was last evening with our Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse doing the uh, remembrance of 9-11 at the um, Arboretum at Thomas Bull Memorial. I'll tell you, there, it, Steve actually broke down at a certain point. A woman had come to him explaining what happened to her husband, how he died at 9-11, and just took him out. But it was an incredible ceremony. Bill Bratton was there who lost his daughter, and she was 23 years old. And I think people have forgotten, uh, and we don't want to forget. We don't want history to repeat itself. And he was saying that the, uh, the ISIS and that wonderful group of people out there, said their word is they don't want to attack us because it'll bring us back together. And pretty amazing to have that mentality. But I want to thank Steve and Christian Farrell, the director of uh, Veteran Affairs, for an incredible evening last night. And they actually, for Carmela, and Steve mentioned her, that gave him the idea to bring the lights that they weren't doing in New York uh, to Orange County that shine straight up to the sky. So no matter where you were, you could have seen them. And it was a gesture for those we've lost. And we read every name who passed away in Orange County for 9-11, a lot of fire department people. But we are here on free speech, and we're not taking any calls today because there's a lot of information we need to impart. But we do have a texting in the studio again, and I'm going to give you the number, 845-238-0886, if you want to write a comment or a question, uh, it should come into the newsroom. But we're, we are not taking calls. We have an, a not enough time to kind of talk about everything. And Stephen, I think we need to kind of clarify. There's a lot of misinformation going around and being t spoken by people who really are clueless uh, about what you had stated about the health benefits or the uh, the final benefits that people will get lifetime benefits, which is different right. than health benefits. Well, there's a couple of letters in uh, the last issue of uh, at what we advertiser that. Uh, sort of accusing me of uh, trying to defund the stipend and benefits that uh, elect part-time elected uh, officials are entitled to. Uh, I have never said that. I am trying to forego lifetime benefit, and I'm calling for the people, actually, for uh, fellow candidates uh, or trustee who currently uh, receiving those benefits, because those benefits are not sustainable. While you're in an office, uh, there's no question, I value my time, and so is others. You are entitled to stipend. In fact, I think 8000 maybe be just uh, not enough to get people fairly motivated and uh, hold them accountable for what they do. You, it's a job and should be viewed like that. And uh, maybe raising that uh, amount higher to get people, more people, more professionals, uh, somebody who can contribute to economy, uh, to, to vibrance of the village, would probably be a better money spent than taking a promissory note for millions and millions of dollars, uh, payable 60 years later, upwards of that term, and uh, putting that burden on the shoulders of uh, our children and future generations of our weekends. Uh, it's, it's better to spend a dollar that you have today that you can fiscally uh, account for than, uh, once again, like take promissory note payable 30, days, uh, 30 years later for another, let's say, 30 plus years. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially, while you're in an office, you should be compensated, you're serving for four-year term, you should probably get each and every benefit available to other part-time uh, workforce uh, employee. But once you're out of the office, 
why do we put these people into this special uh, position when somebody does a temporary gig, uh, whether you do it for 10 years, and, and I don't know, in, in a, any recent history, any trustee that has actually has been uh, served beyond that uh, term. Everybody seems to bank those benefits and uh, move along, sometimes move out of Warwick. And we, what if we they can, move out of Warwick, do they keep that benefit? Absolutely. In? They take them with you out of uh, Warwick, out of state, out of country if they want. And uh, also for their family, Stephen? Correct. Wow. Yeah. And if if they were, in fact, to just get a raise right now, let's say not 8000 16000 uh, a piece for a year, would, we feel, would Warwickians in the village feel that in their taxes right now? I don't think so because we we're spreading we're spending so much money on on, on little projects on something that uh, we, we discussed at the debates the <coughs> sidewalk uh, from uh, school alongside west street uh, the enormous of, amount of money has been spent yet we were still there we didn't move an inch uh, village on any given day is involved in a couple of lawsuits uh, you know, so there's money that uh, spent, but uh, they should have been spent on people that work in, and that also gives us a chance to call, uh, hold those people accountable. If you're paying your salary, well, you better do your job. So, yeah. by the way, thanks. Uh, during the debate, uh, when that question came up about safety for the high schoolers walking into the village, Stephen, thank you for knowing that West Street is the only street that they walk into the village. I noticed uh, another candidate started discussing other streets that are on the other side of the village, somehow missing the question as if he's only been here for a few years. Well, I've been actually, I've been in those meetings. It, it has been a while ago. It, uh, I think it dates back to about uh, 10, 12 years. I know the village did uh, put an effort to and considered and looked at from different angles at the options that available. But once again, it didn't go any further. Uh, you know, the money has been spent, but... Uh, and you have uh, children in the, well, in the school system. Absolutely. And they have to walk that street to get home. And so, yeah, who doesn't want sidewalks there? Yeah. It's, and when I'm driving there, I'm going usually 20 miles an hour if it's school is out. Uh, but, you know, you see kids on the road. I mean, they have no choice. And instead of giving someone a lifetime health benefit after they've served X amount of years, how about putting a sidewalk in? I, I don't know if the, I didn't know this prior, but I don't live in the village, uh, so it doesn't really affect me. But all those people in the village, and you, I think somebody said there's over 6,000 in the village, somebody yep. mentioned to yep. me. And, you know, I'm thinking that 6,000 people, you know, should be aware of the fact of their money could be going to something else. We're going to take a little break. Again, the texting number is 845-238-0886. We're not taking calls today. We'll be right back. Sam's Meat has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. This is Michael Sweeten, supervisor of the town of Warwick. And this is your favorite assemblyman, Carl Brabedick from the 98th District. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. where we will be discussing federal, local, and town issues. Right here on radio, worth listening to. This is Gene from Gem Home Inspections. Courtney Mills from Gem Home Inspections. Mike Pamantar with Hudson United Mortgage. Christine Koenig. Grace Warren. Marsha Talbot of Better Home 
Homes and Gardens Rand Realty and the hosts of The Real Real Estate Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. We're here to help you out. WTVQ. And we are back on Free Speech with Stephen Kitar and Jay Westerfeld. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And so, you know, look, this is a very highly hot and contested type of uh, election. I haven't seen one of these maybe since President <laughs> Trump was in. Uh, but, you know, it's and what I'm glad about is people are listening and people are becoming aware. And there are a few naysayers and people who don't have the correct information, but they seem to yell the loudest. I, I always, you know, beg people, get all the information correct. And then you can say whatever you want. But, you know, stop spouting things that either have already been said or you haven't got a clue about. So yeah, you know, sort of check your sources, because yeah. that's important where it's coming from. You know, I started out, and I think I've mentioned this before, with a newspaper man who was one of the old time guys. And he said to me when I started, the first day I started, he said, if you don't have three fact checks, don't even talk about it. And I'm still there. I still feel the same way. And I will not repeat something unless I've been checking the facts to make sure. And this is what I think people need to do because, and other people who are um, in the village who are reading things either in the paper or on Facebook or one of the social media, please don't take it as true. You know that old commercial, bonjour, uh, you know, 99% of what you see there is not true. So make sure you, ch if you want to know something that's going on in your local government, why don't you call up the governmental office whether it's the village or the town, and ask if it's true or not. That would be going to the source. Yeah. And that's a problem with social media, which I use. Um, we have too many wannabe influencers on it. People who have no connection to any of the candidates or really to the village are the ones who are screaming the most and sort of playing uh, armchair pundit. We see it from a few people, definitely not going to mention names. Uh, I think a few of, of those people aren't even in the village, are they? I, either way, they're pretty gross. But you know what, what it comes down to is is they they have no connection to the election. All of a sudden, they're overnight political pundits, experts. They're citing things that don't even exist. They're making quote unquote facts up as they go, and they're doing this in support of again, sort of a strawman candidate from out of town who hasn't even still to this day, a few days before the election, told the voters where he's even from, where he came from three years yeah, ago. Yeah, so I've it's been scary. asking around, and, and people who said, "Oh, I know him for years," I said, "How many years? It's only three years." And where is he from? Oh, I don't know. And he, you know, he claims to be on boards of organizations well, and stuff. Well, he is on the board of the Historical Society. Uh, I don't know about the Lions Club because I believe he's just a member there, but they may have put him in as a board because uh, the stages are in the Lions Club. So that's his campaign manager. And she may have said, you know what, I want him on the board and they put him there. But he's here five minutes. I mean, Leo Cata Sr., who's been here over 40 years, is on the board at the Rotary Club. He's been here over 40 years, I mentioned that. Uh, and he owns the biggest Ford dealership and gives back to this community day in and day out. And so, you know, it's a little hard when you look at things like that. But it seems the easiest way for him to, to actually gain some points is to attach himself uh, to somebody who's already been uh, in community member, have been doing a lot of good stuff for, for years to come, and sort of like attaching just like he, you know, a lot of people bundling him and uh, Trusty Cheney together. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, they've been, they did it again. I told Barry when he was here Thursday morning for his show with... Um, Skevich and John Vera, the, the three legislators. I said, that he's, he's trying to go on your coattails again. You told them, you called the person and said, don't do this. 
I am not running with anybody. He took ads out in both papers to say, I am not running with anybody. In other words, take my name and Corey Backman's name a separate. We have nothing to do with each other. Forget nonpartisan. They're not even the same party, but they're not running together. And they, they're trying to make it a psychological, by the way, not too smart because it's really so obvious. They're trying to put uh, Backman and Cheney together as if they're together running together. It's not happening, folks. Well, let's just walk something back for a minute okay so he's on some board with the historical society I he's check- on the publicity board <clears throat> i did check it out he's on the publicity board and from what i understand he's done a you know fairly good job okay good i i that's not going to make him a board of trustees you know what i'm saying i mean just because you're sitting here on a publicity i've been on many public i wouldn't be on i'm not qualified to be a trustee so I founded an historical society. It's not easy to do. I had to charter through the state education department. I understand how it works. So I checked the Warwick's uh, form 990s for the last three years. You have to list all of your board members, your subcommittees, your subcommittee members. That is a form you have to file as a nonprofit. He's not listed for the 2019, the 2018, the 2017. Now, maybe in 2020. Yeah, he was just put on this year. Sure, when he decided to run for office, presumably. this is not a when you look at these boards for this historical society it's essentially one political party being represented now they're smart enough just like our society is not to openly endorse a candidate not to openly engage in um politics if you're a 501c4 you can there's a certain percentage of your funding you have to be a 501c3 for the right the historical society is a three of course by law they have to be through the new york state chartering still to start putting people in when they're already candidates as board members is not very scrupulous. If my historical society did that, I'd be on the line. We would be on the line. And it's something that um, really the state charters division uh, and they, certainly the charities division takes a dim you, view of. You know, here's always been, and maybe it's because I was an investigative reporter, there's always this thing in the back of my mind like, why? Why have you been here three years and you want to be a trustee in the village? If you want to do something for Warwick, go and do it. You don't have to sit on the board. And what's your background to be able to sit with the planning board? Barry Cheney's an engineer. You know, you've been in business for 20 years. I mean, there are people there that bring something, and I don't still get what he brings there. Well, Stephen's been in business probably for well over 30 years. He's oh, been yeah. in business in Warwick for 20 years, you raising a family saying. in Warwick yeah, for 20 four years. four children, and his wife, wonderful. By the way, I was with them when they were giving out all the meals to all the seniors that everybody else forgot about. And unlike the other candidates who touted their own volunteerism as being their entire acumen, Stephen volunteers, gives back to the community, to senior citizens, to just neighbors, to strangers, believe it or not. He gives to the veterans, and he does it without fanfare. He'll be the last guy to talk about it. The rest of us will because we've seen it. I've personally seen the man when he didn't know anyone was looking, picking up litter in the street. The definition of integrity is when you do the right thing when you don't think anyone's looking. That is Stephen Keeter. Another couple of candidates will tell us all day, oh, but I volunteer. I'm the best candidate for the position. I'm tired of hearing candidates in any race telling me why they're the best candidate. I want to hear them speak to the issues that are important to me. And you know, the other thing that I'm sorry was missed, you know, listen, to be a writing candidate, it's almost impossible. Uh, nobody's going to take time to write, but I will say something about Mary Calora, which she neglected to really um, to talk about, which she should have, because she spent 
a whole year or more with Mayor Newhart putting together the Susquehanna Centennial, and I was with him in the committee the whole time, and she was pretty amazing. If you, I mean, if you're looking for young women to be diverse, to have diversity, I understand that. But if you want somebody who's been in business, if you want, listen, we, we elected a president because we wanted a businessman, not a politician. And so with the trustees, do you want a businessman there who is part of the community for 20 years, raising his kids in the community, giving back to the community? I would think that would be the better choice. I'm not sure that Warwick really is as interested in diversity as they might yeah, say, well, say the they are. Yeah, that's the key word. They all say they are, but uh, I need action speak louder than words, that's for sure. Yeah, I think it was none other than uh, candidate Buckman who uh, put every effort to disqualify uh, Mary Kalura from the race. Yeah, and if Mary had not been so disqualified, you know, the, and that's again that culture of knocking everybody else down to bring yourself up instead of just simply trying to do your best. And Bachman doesn't know how to do his best, but anyway, and I said his name correctly, but oh, I don't. I'm so sure. when when he made sure that he had her removed from the race, her ballots, he just killed the chance to actually have a woman serving as a trustee for once. And you know, there is there's a this, well, no, Eileen Patterson was there, so she was a woman. Right, but that's she's not running now, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. And we'll <laughs> we'll let that one go. But you mentioned diversity, and I think there are other things besides somebody's gender that are rubbing people yeah, the wrong maybe, way. Maybe maybe what this country was built on, which is people that came from other countries. Remember, those are the people that built our country. All my grandparents. One came from Russia, Ireland, Italy. I mean, from everywhere. We're all mutts in a sense. And when you have people coming from other countries coming here to, to make a better life for their families, that's what America was built on. So why, that's a diversity right there. Yeah, I've, I mean, I was a European resident for many, many years. I know what it's like to be the outsider. I know what it's like to have people kind of get nervous when I talk about being involved in something. I presently you know, devote a lot of my time to living in Asia. I'd be there right now if it weren't for COVID. When I'm there, I'm absolutely the outsider because I don't even look like the other people. Oh, no, I, not at all. <laughs> I know how it feels to be the outsider. I know how people, no matter how liberal they try to tout themselves to be, how really prejudiced people are, even if they don't realize it themselves. There's no, unconscious prejudice. I don't think prejudice. they do. I think that they've been brought up in a kind of enclosed society. It's kind of like what I call waspy. And they, it's hard for them, although they say they are, as you say, I think that it's hard for them to understand that. And I think that they need to rethink exactly why they feel that way. You know, listen, racism has been brought to the head this year and in, in rampant uh, jumping forward, let me tell you, you can't have as many demonstrations as we've had. So now people are aware to the point where it's now an extreme, but we'd like you to be a little aware. I'll give you an example. My son came up to visit me when I first moved here, and he said to me, how can you live here? And I'm like, why? He said, there's absolutely no diversity here at all. And you've lived in New York City, and I, you brought me up, you raised me in New York City. I don't even understand how you're even sitting here. I mean, he was really offended by it. And you know, and you people want to say that you are diverse? I don't think so. Yeah, uh, it's, not, it's not only about diversity, it's also about choices. Uh, I think uh, the good example of this election is many more uh, candidates running for a number of seats. There's more candidates that are willing to, to serve uh, on that seat on in that uh, on the job. So the, why don't you tell them why you want to do this? Because obviously you don't need the money, you don't need the health benefits. Uh, you you have a successful many successful businesses which you worked twenty four seven on. Yeah. Well, I do. Uh, when you see something that fundamentally 
wrong. And it started, I, I did write a letter to every uh, current trustee because they're still serving uh, until the, you know, the new right. stuff will take place. Uh, and uh, I brought a couple of uh, policies that, that on hands right now that uh, I think nothing but liability for the village. It, it doesn't take much. In today's uh, time of uh, public sensitivity, everybody's suing everybody, everybody. You know, we, we have to be very frugal with the money. We have to find a good way to spend them. And I pointed out to a couple of things that I think essentially can, you know, open up uh, choices to make this uh, village bankrupt. That fell on a deaf ear. Nobody sort of wanted to listen or agree or, you know, take any kind of steps. So I decided that, so when you see something that is that fundamentally wrong, when you see that the direction that the village is taking is essentially leading to not to prosperous and vibrant community, but in totally different directions, then, then you decide to take a step and assume responsibility and do something good that actually, because I think the problem that we have, it's bigger than us. It's uh, the, the money that right now uh, is spent for those lifetime benefits. Is somebody could say, well, it's not our problem. Those money uh, payable to Trustee Buckman, should he win a, a seat, is going to be payable in, in starting in 30 years from now. I, I really don't care, how, you know. But that's, that's a very wrong view to take, to, to look at it. Unless, maybe if you don't have a children, maybe if you don't really root it in this community, if, not, if you're not vested in it, and you're planning on moving tomorrow to another one, just like you came three years ago, you, you uh, spent 10 years and you go to, to something else, maybe that's, uh, those things wouldn't bother you. But uh, having children raised in this community and living uh, instead of the safe environment they can grow up and prosper in, we're living that essentially debt, a promissory note that we took that have had That'll to be pay. your children's exactly. and your grandchildren's. We're going to take a break right now, more after this. And if you want to text in, 845-238-0886. We'll be right back. Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York, for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, I'm Dave Edwards, and I invite you to join me every Sunday night when we'll showcase a perfect album. I'll start with side one, track one, and we'll play every song in order from the record. A few bonus songs, as well as some trivia too, right here on Radio Worth Listening To. Lisa Morrison, a psychic medium who reaches those who have crossed over from physical to spiritual, intuitively hears, feels, and sees information coming from the other side. Tune in every Thursday at 12 noon on Radio Worth Listening To. WTBQ A nice start to the weekend with a good amount of sun this afternoon despite some patchy clouds around or just over 70. Tonight, mainly clear early, then becoming cloudy after midnight, 50 to 55. Sunday, more clouds than sun, but likely remaining dry, 70 to 75. A few showers Sunday night. Monday, early clouds give way to sunshine in the mid and upper 70s, and mostly sunny, pleasant weather Tuesday. From the WTBQ Weather Center, 
I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist John Leo. And welcome back. We're on Free Speech with Stephen Kitar and Jay Westerveld. And uh, again, we have a texting into he- into the newsroom. If you want to text a message that you'd like us to answer, a comment, 845-238-0886. Uh, now, we're, we started to kind of touch on, you know, what these trustees really get paid over the amount of years. Uh, you know, because when you add in... Uh, the hours they put in, yep. uh, if you add in the lifetime benefit, yep. you know, what what happens to that? And as you mentioned, these people don't have to stay in the area and their families are all, all the right. health benefits for their family. No, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you, you sort of have to put on a scale. Well, on one hand, you have risk versus reward. You have, right. uh, I'm, I'm in meat uh, industry, so you have uh, fat to bone ratio. So the same go. thing, no, the that same thing. That makes sense. <laughs> the By same. the way, the fat to bo- ratio for his hamburger is the best <laughs> in the world from what I understand. <laughs> and it's the same, it's, it has to be adequate. It has to be really adequate. So if you're putting 20 hours a year, and I want you to hear that, not, not a week, not a month, a year. God. Would that entitle you, do you think that this proportionate uh, ratio in there between lifetime benefits and 20 years a year? That's a marbling of suet right there. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I want that job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm applying. And this is why why so many people go for it, because it's not that they have interest of Warwick in mind. It's not like they really would like to serve their community. I think the, the main carrot that they you know, see at the end of the tunnel is those benefits. And you were going to forego them. That is correct. Me and Alfonso Ganella are the only two candidates that will forego lifetime benefits should we win the seat. Amazing. I mean, I would think if I were running, I would find another way to get my benefits in the future and say, you know what, I'll forego them as well. Stephen, even forgetting for now the benefits issue, if people are thinking because of COVID, et cetera, and we're all in a t- uh, tight spot right now, if people are saying, yeah, but what other things? I mean, are there other expenses? And I'm, I'm thinking about, again, forgetting the benefits. When I was listening to the debate, uh, candidate Bachman was going on about having the village purchase the Chase parking lot. With for, what money? Exactly. Like and this know. is, you know, I right, wonder. Maybe, maybe with his uh, lifetime benefit money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as we know, you float immunity for that and then you make payments on that. I don't think he understands. This is the taxpayer's money and it's just not there. People leave this village in droves. In fact, right now we're seeing people in record from numbers. In- record numbers because they can't afford the taxes. And here we've got a candidate, not even from here, incredibly out of touch, incredibly secretive, saying, oh, well, Let's just buy the parking lot from the bank. Well, it's so easy to spend money that you don't have. And it's so easy to spend money that you didn't make. You didn't Absolutely. earn, essentially. You know, so it's, uh, once again, it, it comes down to uh, sort of uh, money management. You don't, uh, and I think that's the main qualification for the job. You have to be frugal. You have to treat the, the, those funds like your own. And just like we don't go throwing money around, uh, even though I've been accused on a Facebook page, and, uh, and one of the p- people actually called um, me a uh, wealthy developer with unlimited resources spreading money around town. Well, wait a minute. No, I that, think that's a compliment. <laughs> yeah, but that comes from... I, I want a mystery date. Come on. <laughs> but that comes from but, somebody who doesn't know me. He doesn't know that I work 16, yeah, 20 hours a day, seven absolutely. days a week. 
uh, doesn't know how those uh, you know laws, municipal or zoning uh, work. Uh, the very same person also said that the uh, when he talks about the benefits, he he calls them very modest. You know, and I think eight million dollars, uh, anything but. You know, and those Maybe money can be Bill used. Maybe the Bill Gates, they're modest, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not That's to amazing. the village. And, and once again, I do not advocate people doing their work for free. I never did. And those who claim and I said it is absolutely not wrong. true. Yeah. So uh, I think increasing uh, what, what we have, what we see at this election, essentially, were, I believe the number of even uh, absentee ballots that has been requested is already bypassed the number of people ever voted in, in the previous 16 oh years. God. So as I, I mentioned earlier, if, if this election brings anything, it's bringing people to vote. And I think that's which one is great. Here in America, the one of the greatest things we have here is the right to vote, to choose our leaders, to choose the people that have our best interests at heart, to want to keep our community safe and growing and thriving. And I think that's the, what the message is here is, okay, now I'm hearing something different. I want to be involved in this. And you need to get people more involved. Uh, I also uh, have a, a retail background, and, and a variety of choices will always, always benefit the consumer. So if when just look at the having more candidates, and once again, I know my opposition tried to eliminate everybody from the race, uh, challenged everybody uh, except uh, Cheney, and trying to essentially put it our back in in uh, in days and years when uh, there was one candidate running for one seat, two candidates running for two seats. Or, how does how or does even that bring? Unopposed. Or, yeah, and this is what I'm saying. If nothing else, it makes these people uh, try harder. They have to promise they, uh, we're going to help uh, help them accountable. It's just like somebody is asking, well, the Spring Street Market is no longer in operation. That is true, but you're forgetting the fact that Spring Street Market uh, raised the bar so high, and because of it, because of Spring Street Market, ShopRite, you never had a, a cheese aisle in the ShopRite before we, we start caring. You never had an organic uh, or, or local stuff in the ShopRite. So it makes people to adapt. And if nothing else, I don't know the outcome of this election, but if I made these uh, people try harder and put more efforts, and at least they have to do something, I think the object objective was already achieved. Yeah. Well said. Really well said. Yeah, I think that's the thing that people need to understand as well, uh, is that, uh, you know, the, the diversity brings, you know, these questions that people may have had on their minds but never really thought to speak. I think it brings the words to the tip of their tongue. I think uh, also what, what uh, I'd like to break this uh, sort of like cycle of uh, complacency, you know, that when people are, okay, well, there's one candidate, what's the point? And what's the point of go uh, and, and vote, essentially, because we have a very pathetically low uh, historical turnaround of people. And uh, you... Yeah, would, it's the same people. Uh, exactly. So I think uh, anybody would probably think, well, these people never did for me anyway. And uh, yeah, who somebody, am I... Yeah, yeah what does it... In, not going to make a difference. Yeah, if somebody's in office and they're doing a great job year after year, that's one thing, like our Steve Newhouse. But if you have people that are in office, really, you're not sure what they're doing or if they're doing anything, you have to question that. Yeah. And I think people get their back hairs up. They don't like to be questioned. Yeah, that's like, exactly right. And I think there's there's mass hysteria over there in the social media. And I can't for the life of me figure out what are they so afraid of? Why are they? That's what it is. It's fear. 
Yeah, because the uh, I your fear of being found out that they don't really. What are you doing? They don't want to be questioned. They don't want to be held accountable. They just don't want to answer to anybody. It's well, just hysteria. And you know, if a lot of those people on social media are silent benefactors of a present government, they're going to scream even louder. And you have to wonder at what point are a lot of these people. I don't even think that that's smart, Jay. I think you're giving no. them too much credit. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think you're right. I think these are just people that don't have a life and nothing to do, and they want to scream and yell about something, and they don't. Even even know what they're screaming and yelling about similar to when you had mentioned you know when we first started the show about the deed and the rock information about oh, the pulpit rock was yeah. in there and then all of a sudden we had this crazy man come in here who was thrown out of the station <laughs> so, trying to say the same thing you said weeks before and i said why don't you try listening to the show yeah because Stephen already addressed the that. same thing and, and this yeah. is why this is why uh, you know uh, he's no longer allowed to to call uh, or step foot in here. Yeah, newspapers no longer accept his letters because it's turning into debate two, three, he seven and a half. He just wants to have a voice. But I think he found himself like uh, right now on the social media that we, which yeah, that's is, the only place that's where he dwells right now. Yeah. That's where he pours his hatred, rent. Right, and, exactly. Let's, uh, you know what? Every village has a village idiot. Let's not give this one legs. Nobody said a name. It doesn't matter. But the guy is the village idiot. Let's just let him go because he doesn't matter in the race. No, he's not a candidate. He's not even worth the conversation. Absolutely. He, he doesn't have the correct information and he, do, and he spouts... So I think, yeah, if, you, if we're talking back to election, I think, I think it's really, really a very different one in a good sense. And I think the people will have more choices and they will benefit from it. And I, uh, I just want to ask everybody to come out and vote and make sure that your uh, voice is heard. And uh, it's your choice. You make the your decision. You see who said what. Uh, take your information for what it's worth. Uh, and, but once again... Put out there whoever you think is the best for the job, and please make those people accountable. Yeah, for, but for when we do. say for the best for the job, not the one that looks the best or is short, tall, medium, or has no. It's not a beauty pageant. Boy, exactly. Popularity contests. Yeah, <laughs> none of that. You want somebody who's there for the right reason, and that's to protect your interest where you live. And if you have somebody that you know you can trust and that is really there for the right reason, that's the person you want to like. Stop looking at what people are saying on social media. It is nonsense. I never put anything on social media about any of this. The only thing you'll see posted on WTBQ on any social media is either a charity event or a show. I don't get involved. If you want to talk to me, pick up the phone or come to, you know, make an appointment and come in. I'm happy to talk to you mano a mano, yeah. not this nonsense that's going on. But make an appointment. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. We don't, we don't ju <laughs> you're not walking into the IBM office and going to the president's office without calling first. Yeah. No. And, and once again, I'm not uh, advocating to do something instead of something. You know, I think exactly. Uh, Very uh, good point. People are doing uh, currently they're doing a good enough job. Let's put it this way uh, to, you know, uh, but we can do better. And that, that's essentially what I'm saying. We, we can always do not instead of but in addition to. Yeah, I so, think that's a good campaign promise. We yeah. can do better. And you know what? It depends. I think people have gotten complacent as well, and they've kind of fallen into this is what we have. We have to accept it. And we can't fight City Hall, but it's not fighting it. It's well, actually working with it. The, uh, my, my main motives that I really kind of like, uh, and I'm, we, we can put them out there on uh, maybe people can text the answer. Uh, there's two corporate slogans. One says, just do it. And another one, never stop improving. And maybe if there's a listener out there who can figure out or uh, text us the two names uh, of the uh, 
corporations oh, or businesses. We're going to give them away a gift certificate? 100%, uh, $100 to no, send no, me no, to a house. No, no, too much. $50. <laughs> it's too generous. Okay, uh, and the text number is 845-238-0886. We'll give you a $50 gift certificate to Sam's Meat Warehouse. You know that you listen to Frank every morning. He raves. He's still watering. His mouth's still watering over the hamburger, I have to say. So, but that's essentially, uh, if you follow those, if you never stop improving and you just do it, I think you will arrive at the result that you aim aiming at. All right, we're going to go to our last break. Text number 845-238-0886. We'll be right back. Sam's Meat has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is Tom Fursey. Sing along and relive the memories of the 1980s on The Magic of the 80s. Saturday night, starting at 6 on WTBQ, playing the best music. Magic of the 80s. Clark Howard. This is Clark Howard. Believe it or not, it pays to wait all the way to your 70th birthday to take Social Security. Almost nobody does that. The payoff can be huge. Clark Howard, weekdays from 1 till 3. And we are back on Free Speech with Stephen Kitar and Jay Westerfeld. And we're talking a number of things right now. One, about the Board of Trustees election. Two, about the information, even about the pulpit rock. We haven't really, you know, talked a lot about it. But again, this, um, these groups are just crazy. Get your information. I'm going to, I wish I had it in front of me. Uh, I believe Jay actually gave me a copy of it from the New York Preservation Historical Society. Yeah, that was read uh, the other day on the air. Yeah, yeah. I read it yeah, yes. in 2018. I don't know if everybody, same people listening then are listening now. But it's very clear that they have absolutely no information as this is historical or archaeological. So they've answered both questions there about the pulpit rock. If you have questions about it, it's not coming and from us. Once again, we're not trying to to, to destroy. Or, no, no. Or I, and you else. said that right. a couple of years ago. We want ago. to celebrate it. We want to I put mean, that significance if it has any on uh, the, up on the map. Yeah, on the show, you said we are not going to move it. We're not blowing up. In fact, we're going to honor it. We're going to put a fence around it. We're going to have a plaque there, benches that you can sit down and. You know, do By far more uh, that has been done to date. Let's put it this way. Oh, you can't even see it. Everybody who comes yeah. in says, "I can't find the pulpit rock." But it's it's just a, a small number of people, like half a dozen. I, I we all know them right. by name. I don't want to name any, but uh, those are the people who. And what I also noticed, I have been in Warwick for twenty years, and we moved here for the sense of the community this uh, village provides. And in the last couple of years, especially during the election, especially during the last couple of months, I see the sight of it that that kind of ugly, and, and I don't want that 
I don't consider that to be a Warwickian behavior. No, that's uh, not that's not Warwick at all. And Jay has been here for all your life. Well, you grew up so here. So maybe you, uh, yeah. you, you can maybe uh, elaborate. The yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, in one side of my family, I'm seventh generation Warwickian. The other side, like yourself, European. Um, and it's, <clears throat> you know, Warwick was always a place where, very honestly, you know, you, you, you blow your engine uh, drag racing on Rainer's Flats or something, your buddies get together and everybody uh, go, you know, goes to Napa, pitches in, helps you fix it. People helped each other you know, during storms, things of that nature. We look out for each other. We're very, you know, what happens is when you have a huge influx of people at once from outside who then want to take on the appearance of being a native, I'm not being like micro-xenophobic about this. The strength of Warwick is its diversity. We need always, like all communities, more outside thinking. We need more people coming in. That's what makes any culture survive. But at the same time, when those cultures come in and decide to play Lord of the Flies and elect their own little leader and say, well, now, you know, we're the new game in town and let's start pushing everyone else out just so that they feel less like outsiders, it's an ugly thing. I see this when I live in other countries with expat communities, communities of expatriates, especially from the US. They start to form their own you know, separate Enclave. fiefdom. Yeah, they really do. And then they sort of want to push the others out. And that's how I see the more recent arrivals to Warwick being. Stephen, you and I are both over 50. We've both experienced um, socialism in Europe uh, firsthand. Yeah. You know what oppression is. You've been there. You came to first America hand. First firsthand, hand. very firsthand. And you come from a nation that uh, is even still currently fighting what was once the, the, uh, the Soviet regime. The whole still fighting, please. But no, no, but fighting one specific, <laughs> one specific regime yeah. where it's, we're talking about power, you know, just this trying to take over power. Stephen is the person who understands that and kind of wants to get away from that and be more open and have a real community that's based on actual values, being neighborly, doing the right thing. I've seen it. It's a reason I've, I'm even helping the man with Pulpit Rock. You know, it all started uh, our relationship yeah, I know. from me and writing they're a letter. Trying to, and they're trying to say that's not true. They're trying to say We that, don't care, so let yeah, them yeah, say it's, it. It's, it's really, I'm just, it's I'm just bringing it up because they're the ones that are the naysayers and they yelled the loudest so they think that they're right. And none of them is yelled. actually from, none of those people no. is from Warwick. Not and, one of so them. So what do you think? You think it's a media, uh, social media age or it's just the, the people that who coming in uh, fresh off the train or however? Here's how I see it. I see social media the way it's being used, let's say locally here in Warwick, and this is true of a lot of the world. It's kind of like being the Wizard of Oz. I don't know how familiar you are, familiar you are with the movie, but there's a point where Dorothy finally sees the real wizard yeah, so behind they, the, the curtain. The curtain gets open and it's like But the projection of the there. big and mighty Oz, yeah. that's social media. You know, you open that curtain and- That is you, a great analogy. Thank you. I, and you see a few Schmendricks behind the curtain saying, hey, pay no attention to us. Look at our Facebook presence. You know, I'm a professor at Ramapo College. I mean, we're talking about a really creepy dude there. Um, and they have this faux presence on social media. It's gross. That's all I can say. Yeah, but I think uh, neither uh, anything that they uh, referring to or trying to derail, uh, I, I don't think election will get... Uh decided on the social media votes are not likes i hope not no. because that's the last place you want any election uh to, to bring to fruition is through social media and i think that's the other problem people have name recognition and it's a big thing now it's going to happen in the senate races that are coming up uh as you see it yeah cult of personality you know we it's just like the petition against pulpit rock they like to scream and yell oh we've got five thousand signatures yeah almost none of them are from here 
you know, these are all out of town. Now these people screaming on social media. Warwick people aren't stupid. The people who come in here and want to play like, oh, well, you know, those Warwick people are hayseeds. Uh-uh. The people who come out and vote are going to vote their intelligence. They're going to vote their hearts. They're going to weigh the issues. But and they're they going to vote to intelligently. Their, they need to have Just facts. Just come out and, and uh, really express your opinion. Yeah, Absolutely. Take the facts with you first before you make that vote. Don't just do it because you heard somebody yell the loudest or you saw more signs or you read more things. Listen to the people themselves. Monday night at 8 o'clock after Frank's Rock Election Show, which is 6 to 8. By the way, that's all 70s music. You want to call in and request a song? He will take it. It's live. 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock, we are going to replay both debates. Whoa. You're going to hear at 8 o'clock, you're going to hear the first debate uh, where Corey Backman wasn't there which I, he has never given me a reasons why. He had just Well, he did on social media. He said because you guys were feeding the questions to the other candidates. Yeah, which is a total lie, and I called him out on it, and I said, go prove that. And, yeah. and, and first of all, don't ever take the integrity of this station into question. We've been here 26 years. I, I don't know if that's more than Corey's been alive or not. But, you know, come to our face and tell us that. Totally a lie. And what I find interesting, and you're going to find this interesting, is that he didn't want Bob Kerhulik to be the moderator because he thought Bob was camp using Mary Kalora doing her campaign. I think he campaign. accused pretty much everybody. Yeah, and so, no, but here's the ironic part of it. Bob was one of the people that said okay to him to come on the Historical Society. Well, that's the way it so works. So why would you then come back and say, and I checked it out, I called Bob, just so everybody knows, I check facts. And he, you know, the, because what do we know at that point? And so what I'm saying is you took a guy off that is one of the people that brought you on the board because you thought he gave the questions or WTBQ. I mean, you know, make up your mind. It seems like he, he's threatened by, by anything and everything and anybody. Uh, well, he has uh, a group of people behind yeah, Because America Lura, who uh, she, uh, Bachman even demanded to be taken out of the debates altogether, I think... Well, his uh, people did. Yeah, I, uh, I invited Mary on our show, and uh, I, I don't understand why he feels threatened so much, you know, and what kind of guy would pick on a girl uh, anyway, you yeah. know? So. Well, it's how you're raised. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, we know nothing about how this gentleman was raised. We I don't even know where he's from, nothing. actually. I wish we could find out a little bit about his background. Where else in the world do you have a, cam a campaign, especially in an allegedly tight-knit village, where you have an outsider who nobody knows anything about? I really, I spoke to two people, um, actually three people, and said, well, you know him for the time he's here, which is three years. Where's he from? Oh, I don't... Not well, why did he leave there? Yeah. What happened there? I want to hear what well, actually happened. Well, here's some of the chatter. And again, I'm going to say chatter because I was not able to verify it. So I'm just going to say it's alleged uh, that he was friends with Tim Hull and that Tim suggested that he and his partner come and live in Warwick. Fair uh, enough. Okay. Well, that would explain no probably problem. why uh, Greenville Preservation Society putting so much effort behind uh, this candidate and they support each other's cause. They're kind of funny, right? I mean, they were they were putting effort illegally behind a candidate. Um, they're you know not being a, a charity registered with the election bureau, and then after we brought that up on the air, all of a sudden there was a rush to incorporate as a viable. Yeah, I don't think they did it on timely fashion anyway, because uh, those uh, ads appeared long before they uh, allegedly incorporated. Oh yeah, it's no. like saying, well, I shot the guy, but I got rid of the gun, so I'm innocent. Yeah. 
Well, before we get, uh, we have less than two minutes left. I, I would like you, Stephen, at this point, to just tell everybody why you know you're going to why you're running for the board of trustees and what you plan to do if elected. Once again, I want to. Uh, it all comes down to saving money manage management. Uh, so if you uh, spend spend the public funds just like you would treat with your own uh, money i think that's how everybody should be treated uh you know this is you hold those people accountable you that's a job that's not a beauty pageant that that is definitely not a popularity contest it's a job you have to come prepared and uh, like somebody quarterback said well these people is putting so much more time in it well they we don't want to take you through school. We don't want to pay for your education. We as taxpayers, and I don't want to put a number, but it's 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 a very large number that I'm currently paying in uh, taxes. And I think everybody, it's already too high. I think everybody's struggling. Everybody in our community, businesses, parents with children, uh, you know, all of us, we will in the same. Uh, we don't get much to it. I think we should probably, before we start spending millions and millions of dollars on, on uh, part-time elected officials benefits we should probably uh, put that money up front for more pressing issues for the sidewalks for the sewer for the water inf infrastructure all the infrastructure yeah and uh, once again let's let's be frugal about it yeah right. i think that's very important so all right don't forget monday night eight o'clock after rock elections is on live show uh where you can call in on the 70s music and request a song from frank and then at eight o'clock we'll have the first debate that was done uh, and then the second debate. So you you out there can listen firsthand to all the candidates and make up your own mind. Don't read social media. I don't even care if you read the newspaper, although it's much better to read the newspaper than social media, especially the dispatch. Um, so I'm just going to say make sure you tune in Monday night. 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock is the first debate. 9 to 10 is the second debate. Make up your own mind. I'm really happy to hear that so many uh, write-in um, uh, uh, votes have been uh, sent in the mail-in. I'm sorry, my brain just stopped. Uh, mail-in ballot. So make sure you go out and vote. That's your right as an American.